Well, good evening and welcome to Carols by Candlelight. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or at home, we give you a very warm welcome and trust that you'll enjoy this uh, service together. Uh, just a, a couple of notices. Um, one, a heads up for all those that are coming uh, next Saturday on Christmas Day to our 10 o'clock service. Uh, we will be taking a gift offering for Tear Fund's Christmas Appeal for this year. So just to give you the heads up, if you want to come prepared for that, that would be Sorry, great. All right, and for, yeah, whether you're young or uh, young at heart, if you want to bring a Christmas present to open, I'm sure Martin will be very pleased to play with it um, before you do. Um, for those that would normally attend Coffee Stop uh, tomorrow morning, um, we have decided to cancel Coffee Stop. Uh, a lot of the folk that come to Coffee Stop are in the sort of vulnerable uh, category and we just felt it was more responsible if we, we cancel it. So uh, if you were intended to come, please don't, um, as it's uh, not on. Um, you are required to uh, wear masks at all times, um, unless, of course, you're here at the front, or one of the readers that will come up and read, you don't have to wear a mask at that point. Other than that, um, there is uh, lots of traditional carols. There might be one new one, and I'll explain that uh, when we get to that point. Um, the, the carols will appear on the screen, so at that point, if you're able to stand, please stand. Um, there won't be any introduction to each one, so the readers will come out after the carol is finished and uh, do the reading, and they too will appear on screen. So thank you. Thank you, Jasper. It's that time, it's very near, to buy loads of stuff and feel the festive cheer. From finding seasonal films via a Netflix search, to the children going on about YouTube and merch. It's that time of year again, but don't deck the halls too soon, only when the big red TV truck tells you to. But you do need to know, though, when Black Friday is coming around, New deals found to dash around and cover as much ground as you possibly can. But are you really a fan of this consumerized plan? The joyless rushing around the shops, buying others things that they might not want. And is it really, really worth the bother to decorate your place ready for your partner, mother, father, cousins, brother? Oh, how I'd rather this didn't seem like some sort of test much rest I'm not going to get. Heck, let's just chuck on the tinsel and hope for the best. So what am I doing this wonderful season that would give me a reason to really think I'd be bothered to believe in a stranger whose first night's sleep was in a skanky manger 2,000 years ago? Who cares about two engaged teens, fearful angel scenes, the promise of a kingdom as yet unseen? An au revoir as they travel afar, no car to lighten the pregnant load, probably no donkey on the dusty road. Arriving to the mayhem of senseless Bethlehem, compelling them, no, making them settle on accommodation inhospitable. This dark, understated throne room in which this babe was soon to assume his role as king was nothing to sing or shout about. The news was out, but have no doubt there were no royal visitors to see this new birth. Instead, he gets the scum of the earth. 
the rejected, disaffected, unrespected herders, shepherded onward by an angelic chorus. Go, see, tell, he has come, all will be well. But one final twist, a king's murderous tryst, and the kingly gifts given by mystic travellers from afar, guided to him by that heavenly star. But there is a message that's been lost in translation, and it's not the narration of the picture-perfect manger created to be oh so agreeable with a bright shiny star, but one where we, however irreparable, can visit this little stranger as we are. For this is not the finale at the end of the year, but a loud triumphant overture to the start of the greatest story ever exposed, disclosed, imposed on us. To behold and be told, to marvel in and unfold the truth, from adored to mourned to restored, that unto us a child is born. So what, you say? I'm too worried and weary. So that, he says, is why I'd love you to join my story.
The reading is taken from Micah 5, verses 1 to 5. Marshal your troops, O city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned to the time when she who is in the labour gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty and the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for there has great for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace.
Isaiah 9, verses 2, 6, and 7. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. For us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now this next carol um, may be uh, unknown to some of you. It's called, Oh What a Glorious Night. And uh, this carol um, has lots of actions to it. Uh, and now the good thing is, of course, is that we have experts in doing the actions on the screen. However, we thought that was a bit unfair just to have the actions being done by somebody on the screen. So yours truly is going to have a go at trying copying what is going on in the screen. And um, I have a, a, an accomplice <laughs> who is going to help. But if you know it and you'd like to come, be aware of um, the candles in front. Um, but you'll just have to copy that. So if you want to stand, if you want to do the actions, it's entirely up to you. No pressure. Um, but it's called Oh What a Glorious Night. Shepherds came to see the baby Stood by his mother's side Here lay the Savior inside a manger Oh, what a glorious night Oh, what a glorious night I hear the angels singing
stars shining in the sky Below in Bethlehem, the king is sleeping Oh, what a glorious night When you can well done I'm very impressed thank you team um, this next part um, Mark was uh, due to do this um, but unfortunately he's not here uh, this evening so it falls to me uh, Mark had a plan of um, hiding some of the things uh, around the church um, but we felt um, perhaps running around the church and um, uh, was probably not appropriate um, in the current climate so I'm going to do it all here from the front uh, you may know all about the um, Christingle, so that's what Mark had uh, planned for tonight. And uh, for those that don't know, the Christingle means Christ's child. And uh, it originates from the Moravian church uh, as a symbol of Christianity. And Christingles are made from an orange decorated with lots of different things. So I have an orange. And I'm going to decorate, let me make sure people, those at home can see it. Uh, I have an orange and I'm going to decorate it with different things. Now, the orange and all the different things represent something. And uh, because this is um, nice and round, uh, I'm sure you can guess that it represents the world. Uh, that uh, That's what the orange represents. Now, when God made the world, of course, he made it perfect. And unfortunately, due to man's sin, it became imperfect so God had to do something about that and so what he did is to send his son for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and on the orange you put some red ribbon and the red ribbon I'm sure you guessed it represents Jesus's blood that covers the whole of the world and because of Jesus's blood we have forgiveness of sins now the next bit um, you can either use sweets or you can use um, dried fruit because uh, I'm a more of a sweet fan than dried fruit so I've got sweets and I'm quite quite partial to fruit pastels so uh, on the cocktail stick, we put um, fruit pastels. So I've got four of them. Two. Three. Cocktail sticks have stuck together. Three. Four. And the sweets or the dried fruit, whichever uh, you want to use, um, represent God's creation and all the things that God has created and because he created them in the world then we have to stick them on our world and uh, because there's four of them in this country we're quite um, good because it fits quite well in that the four cocktail sticks could represent the four seasons because we have four seasons but not everywhere in the world has four seasons some have rainy seasons and not so rainy seasons some have hot seasons and not so hot seasons. But if, because we have four seasons, so you stick all four in. But it could also be, of course, the four corners of the world, that God's creation and all the things in it are around the world. 
But there's something missing, and there's one last thing to add. And that is a candle, which goes right in the middle. And the candle represents Jesus. And because it represents Jesus, and because it's quite dark in here, and we have lots of candles lit, that Jesus is the light of the world. Our light. And because his light breaks into the darkness, that we have life eternal because of Jesus Christ. So that's the Christingle. And uh, if that's the first time you've seen it, I saw it for the first time a few weeks ago um, when I supported my granddaughter at uh, a church in Knapp Hill. And we had to build them there. So uh, it was handy that Mark had chosen that because <laughs> I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> so that is the Christingle. So we're going to sing again and uh, the next carol, um, which is O Little Town of Bethlehem. Yeah. 
In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will, will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her.
In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. When they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Father, we thank you that even from the beginning of time you drew salvation's plan. That you knew we would fail you. You knew that we would sin. And yet still you went ahead and created us. And so we thank you for that. But in creating us, you also drew salvation's plan. And that plan was to give your only son. And we thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth to be human as well as God, to be born in humble circumstances, but to be a king, 
a king that would bring great riches to all his people. The riches of eternal life and eternity with you in heaven. But at this Christmas time, Lord, there is much that is on our hearts and our minds. And in particular, with the circumstances that this country and other countries around the world are facing uh, with COVID-19. Lord, we, in a way, we, we have some righteous anger that the focus of attention is on COVID-19 and not on Jesus Christ. And it's that righteous anger that uh, is against the enemy, the evil one. But Lord, this Christmas time, may we see the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in all that we do, in all that we say, as we come into contact with people around. Lord, there is fear, there is anxiety, but we thank you, you are the Prince of Peace and that you care for us with a care that is beyond understanding. And so we pray for our country, we pray for those in authority that have the decisions to make. And Lord, we know some of those decisions might be difficult, but Lord, we pray that you'll give them wisdom, you'll give them understanding, and that they will make the right decisions under you rather than in their own human nature. But Father, we pray for our families. We thank you for our families, that they are very precious to us. And Lord, we would want to be with them this Christmas time. But for a number of reasons, families may not be together because they're unable to travel, because there's sickness, or because they've lost a family member in this last year. Lord, for whatever reason, families can't get together this, this Christmas time, we pray that you will unite them with the love that they have for you, that where there is distance from them, that they will be together through Jesus Christ. But especially for those that have lost loved ones this year, Lord, we pray that you will give them your peace, your comfort. We know it's difficult when the first Christmas, the first birthday, the first anniversary, whatever, comes around and that need that they need that extra measure of your peace and comfort and we pray that you will deliver that to them uh, even now as we're praying and so lord we we just bless you for who you are and for all that you've done for us and may your name and your name alone be glorified this christmas time in jesus name amen, amen.
So we've already seen the Christingle that Tony showed us with the candle representing Jesus, who is the light of the world. But it got me wondering, why did Jesus say, I am the light of the world? Why did he say that? Well, let's just think for a few moments how essential light is for all life on earth and our own lives. Um, if you think about light is the essence of life itself. Um, plants uh, depend on light, don't they? Um, plants use light for photosynthesis and they absorb light through their leaves and they make uh, their own food uh, for themselves. But that food also becomes food for others, for animals like us and other animals that feed on the plants. But plants also give off a very important gas. Does anybody know what that gas is that we need to breathe in? Yes, yeah, oxygen. So we need plants to make oxygen. And when, when plants take in light, they give out oxygen, which we need uh, to breathe. Um, here's a picture of um, uh, vegetables and fruit growing in a field. And during the process of photosynthesis, where plants take in light, um, some of the sugar that they make with the light produces fruit and vegetables that we eat. So basically, when we have our Christmas dinner, I don't know whether you're into sprouts or what kind of vegetables you like on your dinner. I, I quite like all the stuff that other people don't like. So I like parsnips and sprouts. I don't know if you like uh, vegetables, but basically when we eat vegetables and fruit, we are eating all of the stuff that's been produced because plants have absorbed light. So we're eating all the food that's been made by plants, all the fruit and veg. So we cannot live without light because we can't live without plants. Light is essential. And of course, light uh, makes the plants that get buried in the ground. And it's the plants that make the coal and the gas and the oil that runs a lot, still runs a lot of our cars and our heating in our houses. And it's, it's these that make the fossil fuels. And so without the light, we'd never have the, um, the plants that would have died and got buried in the ground to make the coal and the gas and the oil. So you can see how vital and essential light is for every living thing on Earth. I don't know if you're aware, but um, light is good for our health, too. Um, we, we're supposed to get um, direct sunlight every day. Um, sunlight helps the body to produce vitamin D. Um, and vitamin D is good for us because it helps the body um, in many ways. It helps to heal wounds. It helps our immune system. It helps to boost our happiness. And it helps us to fight all kinds of infection and illnesses. And uh, they recommend that we should get between 15 and 30 minutes of light in the summer. Um, and in the winter, now, if the sun is out, we should be getting out for up to an hour a day, if we, if we can, to absorb sunlight, because it's good for making vitamin D. Light is good 
for living things, including us. It's good for our physical health. It's good for our mental health. Now, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he didn't mean that he was kind of bigger or more powerful light than the sun. The sun is created by God after all to provide us with light. What he meant was that just as light is essential for physical life and health, so Jesus is the spiritual light of the world. As human beings, we don't just live and exist physically. We are spiritual beings. We have souls. We enjoy uh, food. We enjoy laughter, happiness, fun, being with family and friends. We enjoy games at Christmas. We have a soul, we have a spirit. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world because he wants us to enjoy life as God meant it to be. Um, we were meant to know God personally. We were created to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he means that to have life in all its fullness, to have a truly contented and meaningful life, we have to know him. We have to trust him. We have to love him. We have to follow him. You see, there is a lot of darkness at the moment in this world, isn't there? There's a lot of fear and anxiety with COVID and Omni, I can't remember the name of it, Omnicroft, Omicron, whatever it's called. People are, people are fearful, anxious, we experience the darkness, but Jesus is the light of the world. And he's come into the world at Christmas, fully God, fully human, to bring his light, his transformation into the dark places of our lives. He's come to bring us life in all its fullness. And just as we need physical light to be healthy and for our food and to power things, Jesus is even more important because he gives us not just life with God in this life, he promises us eternal life in the next two. And the life, the light and life of Jesus in our hearts gives us joy and contentment and peace and security. Even in a world that's full of darkness and anxiety, Jesus this Christmas wants us to know his light, his life, his peace, his joy. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world. You came into this world to bring your light to transform the darkness. So Lord, cast out the fear in us, we pray. And Lord, as we meet with friends and family, we, I pray that this Christmas we would be a source of light, a source of life, a source of joy and peace to all those that we come into contact with. Help us, Jesus, to share your light wherever we go that we might bring your life and light. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Shown there no day.
before I pray, can I just uh, say thank you very much to all the uh, readers that have uh, taken part tonight. Thank you to the magicians, the musicians, not magicians, <laughs> musicians. Thank you for the technical team upstairs and uh, the team that has made tea and coffee. So please join us next door for tea, coffee and mince pies. And a big thank you to the welcome team uh, for making everybody welcome. And of course to Martin to share uh, the good news and the light of the world. Let me pray. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and our families at this Christmas time and forevermore. Amen.